Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> So Limerick JJ are the first team since your team to yeah. be able to win an All Ireland and come back and win the league. The first team outside of Kilkenny to do it since 1989, and it's the first time in 82 years that they've held both titles. So tell me how hard it is to do what they've done, JJ, because you seem to be the only one around these parts that knows how yeah, to do it. Even after Tom Murphy after game, he said um, we targeted the league because they wanted to go win it. I think there's uh, just a breed of confidence within that team at the moment that. They don't want to give any other team a kind of a mental advantage coming this summer there as well. They want to stay on top. Look, they were down for so so long. Why not go win? They have the panel now to go win this the league, and they targeted that at the league at the start of it, and were very very impressive. They weren't really touched during the league whatsoever, and they set down a serious serious marker there yesterday again. So, it's, when you're in the, the Limerick management, even Limerick player, players, they're young guys. They're on top of the world. They want to play every game possible, and they want to beat everything because they're enjoying themselves. They have their system down to a T. Their physicality is down absolutely bang on borderline. It's not over where they should be. They're exactly where they should be regarding touch-wise. They're absolutely flying at fitness-wise there as well. So why not go out and beat, take on everything you can? Like, you know, especially National League. You see with the, the Limerick fans there yesterday as well, they were absolutely delighted to win that too, you know, that kind of way. So it's, it's gathering momentum, gathering momentum. But again, the big question is, can you st- keep that tempo that in intensity up again because you're showing your hand to a certain extent but it's up to everyone else then to actually come up to their level as well so they're showing what they can do early on in the league they'll keep that going throughout the championship so to be, be a very very good team to beat them as well I, th- I think it will like wh- what how did they do with Brian and Tipperary like this the, when Tipperary were flying through the league after they won the All-Ireland they were the new Kilkenny Limerick are not getting carried away in that hype and why are we not talking about Limerick as the new Kilkenny like they seem to be able to win loads of games but dampen things down and not let hype get carried away yeah so kudos and fairness to John Kiley and yeah. his team for, for, for dampening that expectation for starters but bringing that sheer hunger and you know obviously transferring that to their players I think that's you, you've mentioned this a few times it's that work rate and that hunger and desire for the ball is just they've brought it again to a new level like you know 
Kenny probably had that as their just you know modus operandi number one and it seems to be the same for Limerick they're, they're flooding that middle third and, and even their own half back line and creating that space inside and it doesn't kind of matter then who what actual personnel they have you know in terms of you know, sometimes they've tried other players throughout the league but they're still stable that you know 11-12 with the starting team apart from the, the quarter final match against Leash so they've, they've kept a lot of their team there and you know, it's 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 really really impressive, and it's going to take a hell of a team to beat them now. I think Jackie Turtle's going to eat his words a little bit there, saying that they're not in the top three, um, from the business end of the championship, and it's going to take something serious to try and shift them from this All Ireland, you know, win champions, and it's sitting really well with them. Yeah. they've become even better. Like I thought, you know, looking back at the games last year, they were really impressive in the use of the ball, and all those things that they're doing now were were visible, and and you could see them there. But they just seem to have a little bit of pomp in their step now, and they're, and they're actually thriving um, on the fact that it's work rate and hard work. And I think none more so than their half back line. I think they were an absolute wall yesterday. Um, Waterford tried to go route one in the first half, and just there was no way they were getting by it. And they changed it up in the second half. But you know, we're happy to let the full back line for Waterford take the ball and and you know try and work with your lines because they were just swamping them at everywhere so Waterford didn't know where to go from that perspective so they're kind of saying look hit it long no problem hit it short no problem too yeah no they do Kylie said after the game he says listen it's a sat- it's satisfying to ha- to have had a solid league without being spectacular now I would argue that there was a <laughs> bit of spectacular in there yesterday he says this was an interesting one he said they haven't lost sight of the fact that this is a hurling career it's not a hurling year so it's a little bit of rhyming in there, but like I mean, it, like he just talks so much sense. Just after, even after a game, nobody's getting carried away about this. They know that they have to make the most out of it. It's a hurling career, mm. not a hurling year. Yeah, he's saying all the right things as well, and he's taking a lot of pressure off his players. But let's not um, escape the fact that they have unbelievable hurlers all over the field there as well. Like, yeah, and Galan is on top of his game at the moment. Keen Lynch follow on the form from last year as well. And, you just see throughout the team it's just a breed of confidence within that every single one of them is comfortable on the ball as well and John Kiley is, is brilliant what he does because he never he never singles out one particular person for, for praise it's all about work rate and he, that's obviously sitting home but even with the, the guys that came on there yesterday as well and Dowling and uh, Flanagan and all these guys Barry Murphy they worked hard when they came on again and again it wasn't they had the game one with 10 minutes to go but when they, the other lads came on the field then they were swamping they were doing exactly the same as what the certain 15 were doing so the, the ethos that is in, within Limerick is hard work number one and then if you want to get on the team you're going to have to work very very hard to get on the team straight yeah. first and foremost What about the Galan goal then uh, Brian how difficult was this goal like I mean it was a mishit shot from Tom Morrissey I think Galan said after game Tom actually mishit it I don't know what I was doing I just kind of flicked it I'd say it was the only thing I hit on target all day we'll get into his wides yeah. maybe a little bit later <laughs> but like I mean Jesus from my own point of view oh, yeah it just looks such a technically such a difficult thing to do to track that ball and as Don Logue pointed out last night this is with Noel Connors taking a swipe at it as well yeah no just absolute class it just shows the, the level of confidence that he has to even try it for starters um, look a lot of things in, in hurling are instinctive and it comes from obviously years of practice of, of playing the ball against the ball and playing with your mates and stuff and just for it to happen on the big stage like that is just absolute class um, and, and you know, most people would have tried to control that ball. 
uh, especially when Noel Connors was in front, take the touch, you know, maybe try and finish it from there. But you were obviously going to give an opportunity to Noel Connors to get back at Hookham or, or, or Shane McKeith get out on him. But it's just class, you know, just to get that flick on the ball. Remnants of, of uh, Jimmy Barry Murphy's goal years ago for Cork against Galway. So, but just slightly different technically. But, you know, just class, flick of the wrist. And um, not really Stephen O'Keefe could do because it was so, so close to him and there was such pace coming at the ball that. You know, he got a hurt of it in fairness to him, but I, from a forest perspective, I would like to see it going in. As uh, I just, I just love that bit of uh, genius. That was, you know, and, you know, we were talking about Colin Fenley's goal a couple of weeks ago as well, and that brought us back to yeah. David Quigley a few years ago. Like these are real standout moments, and uh, it, it's class, and it's it, it's deadly for Galan because he's had such a fantastic spring between Mary I and. Um, you know, he, he's ex-played for Limerick. He really is the form hurler. Uh, you know, I've been thinking it was Carl Mannion for a while, but when you look, stand back now and look at the overall thing, I think Galan has been the, the standout hurler. Yeah, it's an X-factor goal, isn't it, yeah, JJ? Like, classy. I mean, you need to have very, very high levels of confidence yeah. to be able to do that. This is only his second year playing in the full forward line. Yeah, this time last year, now you wouldn't think he, he wouldn't have done that. You know no, what I mean? he but wouldn't, that's no. The confidence he had from last year, and, and uh, Brian was saying, the brilliant fist given campaign and brought it on, but sometimes you play a game and even when your opposition scores... A score like that, you said, Jesus, that's a brilliant score. You even have to admit that yourself. And it was something like that happened with Aaron Glander yesterday. It was phenomenal. Like, you kind of, when you're shouting at the television screen at home, absolutely brilliant goal. You know, yeah. it kind of gets up off your feet, something different there again. And if you get young lads to watch that and try and replicate that, I'd say they're in primary schools up and down the country now trying to replicate Aaron Glander's goal, which that's what it's all about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's an absolute massive score. They, they kind of have scoring uh, spurts. So they destroyed Waterford in the first 13 minutes, I think they got, or the first uh, 30 minutes they were 8-2 up. And then before half time they got 1-3. And then at the end of the match they got 6. And they did something similar against Cork even that year with the comeback. You used to be known in Kilkenny for scoring spurts. Years usually would come straight after half time. This was the big kind of, you had to be careful at Kilkenny Mm. or they'll destroy you. How how does that come about? With Limerick, is that a good thing that they do that, blow teams away? Or would you prefer to see a more consistent level of scoring? Or like, how do you you analyse that? Just when when you're on top, you have to take as much maximum scoring time when you can, you know. And I suppose. Limerick done it in the first 10 or 15 minutes and then Waterford had a huge mountain to climb they had to like, they will get their purple patch 100% of it. so it's out of your control it's really, out of your control sometimes. yeah and then when, when you're on the attack and you have the purple patch it's a score maximise the scores as much as you can and then you might see a vulnerability in, in, in the defence there whereas you pump in the ball pump in the ball and like in 10 or 15 minute period you could have two or three scores off of a certain opponent and then the manager would switch it in but it's too late then it's two or three goals gone in straight away on it you know or one two or one three and that's the winning of the game you know that kind of way so uh, managers are always very reluctant to change something like that but if it happens over a 10, over a 10 minute period it goes into the 15 minute period he's still getting roasted then you make that change you know yeah. that kind of way so again you're talking about doing your, your homer for the match and you have that guy earmarked for Aaron Galan you're right he's going to do that job for me you give him the 10 minutes if he's not doing it then you have to change but with a purple patch and you have to score as much as possible when you're on top like and did you talk much about this straight after half time no, or was it other teams that talked about that more we didn't really focus on it really because um, how did it happen so often just, <laughs> see, the first half we were a lot of teams came at us in the first half because they needed a good start and we didn't necessarily play 100% in the first half but we always came in maybe two or three points up or, or a point down really and the other opposition after doing all the hurling so we went in at half time then and said right, we, we, after seeing what they can 
they can come at us and that's right. the best that they have and we had to up the game and look we had game changes as well to be fair like you had Owen Larkin or, or Eddie Renner would rattle in a goal or something like that and then once we got on top a goal for us was a huge score and you have to think of it it's a huge blow to the opposition there as well because they didn't want to concede a goal against us and then when we got one then that's when we went to the juggler again get the right. ball into the likes of Eddie or, or, or Owen Larkin even Henry where he was anywhere I was on the field if I had the ball and we knew we were on top I'd play so wherever Henry was try and get him obviously your best player get the ball into him as much as possible and right. then you're, you're talking about a purple patch and that's what Limerick do as well there's no, there's so no. You'll be looking for Henry as oh, much 100%, as possible. Yeah. yeah, when we were on top, and especially it was in, the, it was in starting corner forward or something like that in the second half. Before again, you're talking about a ten minutes before the managers will cop on where Henry's gone. He usually expect him centre forward. He could be in the corner, get the ball into him as much as possible, do uh, optimise damage. That's what Limerick are doing with Aaron Galan. Every time they're out the field, their half back lane are picking out Aaron Galan left, right, and centre because they know he's on top form at the moment and he's producing as well. Like yeah, I'd say like I mean with Kilkenny with that straight after half time. Uh, Brian I'm sure you talked about it a lot when you played against Kilkenny it might not d- have done too much good but are Limerick kind of getting that little bit of fear factor now as well where they're getting these purple patches Yeah definitely I, I think there's a couple of things there I think Jay has hit the nail on the head about you know absorbing the pressure from the other team because there's always going to be a purple patch for, for both teams and it's about absorbing it limiting the amount of scores that the, the opposition team can get and then when you get your period of ascendancy or your period of dominance that you absolutely maximise it and score as much as you possibly can so there's, a, there's an element thing of trust there there has to be huge trust across the board from management to players and vice versa you know so if if for instance yesterday when Watford were having their purple patch after 15-20 minutes players are, are trusting in the system you know, you're not looking over the sideline saying shit my man's after scoring I'm going to be whipped off here now in a minute you know it's just like no it's the next ball it's the next ball it's the next ball and keep trying to do the same things over and over again and trusting everyone around you so that's very very important and you know there's huge that's not to be underestimated too because John Kiley's obviously very driven and, and expects a lot of his players and the same for all his coaches you know in, in the system but they do trust the players and the players trust that, you know, that obviously they have to work hard and stay stay going um, and they can turn it around. I think that's why Hurling, we can see such spectacles in Hurling, such high scoring um, games because, you know, it's like JJ's a bat, like, you know, your man could score a couple of points, but you're not worried about getting taken off. It's about the next ball. So I think that's very mature management. You know, I think that, that that's not to be underestimated because you can see some of those, you know, maybe less experienced or inexperienced managers where they're, you know, throwing the cap on the ground or something, and then you know, panicking when when another team gets gets a run on you. So you have to you have to trust those that that are there, and that you know, obviously you'll work your way through this. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll throw this one to you first, then Brian and JJ, you can pick up on it. And this is something I noticed because I was in Croke Park yesterday. The Bennett brothers can't catch the ball. Now, if I'm got a player on the full forward line and he can't catch the ball, I wouldn't really think he should be on the full forward line, right? So Aaron Galang can catch the bloody ball into his hand. The two Bennett brothers seem to have the very same technique. They stick the ball up in the air, hope the ball's going to hit the hurl and pop down into their hand. Like, I mean, the reality of the situation is how difficult under pressure is that to execute? And have you noticed this before, or is it just me, that the Bennett brothers do not stick their hand up in the air and try and catch the ball? Yeah, I think yeah, I think their go-to is definitely come out first touch, put it into into your hand. Now, Stephen did catch one over. I think it was Tom Condon, or or no, it could have been um, Sean Finn. Was it? Could have been for yeah, the ball, Sean Finn. Over, yeah, and he had a goal chance. Yeah. yeah, so they are able to do it. I think it's just they're so used to underage putting the hurl to everything. That's something that like every coach 
is is trying to get out of your game and like hand to the ball first whenever you possibly can. Um, you know, be it that's a ball even low in front of you, you're trying to get your hand on it or, or, or high in the air. So yeah, I definitely think it's something that probably needs to be honed in on from a Waterford perspective. They're they're more than capable of doing it because they're big physical guys. It's just um, they need to do it more. And as you say, Galan obviously is, is, is someone that's able to go one on. Like, like, look, I think when you're playing intercounty hurling, you have to be able to win primary possession, particularly in the air. I think that's what distinguishes you from the, from the, you know, from being a good club hurler. Yeah. What do you think, JJ? Have you noticed this before with them that they stick a hur- they stick a hurl up at it or something, or yeah, how hard that is to actually it do? Is, it is very, very hard to do now. Maybe they're getting caught underneath the ball, whereas. If right, you're, they're if going you're, running out too fast. Yeah, run out too fast, and then the ball is you can't actually physically go up with your hand to catch it there. But I think they're going to have to address it, all right? Yeah, and maybe they're a bit too predictable. They're standing in front of their their full back there as well. If they can go to the sides again, I know we're talking about Aaron Galano a, a lot, but yeah. he's very good at coming to the sides, and he actually hits the corner back and catches and turns at the same time. And he done it numerous times against Kenny there last year, but he got goals opportunities from it. Like so, I suppose if they can move their bit more movement on it and don't be Stadi can wait for the ball to drop down on top of him take a couple of steps right and then go in on top of the full back or something like that they're going to have to change it up a small bit but yeah I suppose high ball that comes in it would, it would again but if it's not sticking I know this from Gaelic football and from being on the football field and you're kicking it in they used to uh, play me full forward and I wasn't a good scorer with my back to goal but the one thing I could always do is it would stick I would, I would, I would be able to win it and hold on to it when you kick the ball in the full forward line and you, you see it coming straight back out, it's demoralising yeah, it for is, a full yeah. team. And you know it'll stick with Galan. We'll talk about his runs in part three. But it just, the seeing the Bennett's not being able to stick, it, it just filters throughout the team, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they're trying to break it down to themselves as well and, and, and and break down to the side and pick it up and, and run with it again. Like, but they want to run. see if Shane's a good runner with the ball. Yeah, he doesn't really. That's want his to. probably strength yeah. when, he, when he does get in his hand and he's turning. That's and, and when he's dangerous. Goal, yeah. Like, but yeah, I think he might take a bit of. Um, he might look at a game there over the weekend, obviously, and see the one he did catch and he used his body very, very well that way and and shrugged off Sean Finn and he should have went even further in to get the should goal he probably didn't realise that Sean slipped down he slipped on the ground as well but he might kind of get into his head now to get a stick primary possession in because by taking a touch you're giving your other two cornerbacks the being on top and then straight away because if you can catch the ball first time as you see what happened Sean he, he'd, he'd either going to foul him or else he, he's, he's straight through on goal one or the other you know so maybe yeah. something like that now yesterday he can learn from it too you know yeah there's a couple of things there um, in terms of a high ball though like it's what you're doing with your spare arm. So they're obviously going up, you know, right hand and trying to play the ball down so they can either get it to hand or get it to ground and get onto it. So they're using their left hand then to hold back and hold off the defender. Whereas obviously you think it'd make more sense to use your right hand or your hurl hand to be playing off the, the defender and then trying to catch the ball with your left hand. Yeah. Well yeah. like that's obviously um they're actually going with the harder of the two. Um, but you said so, that your you know, coaches try to get is this a, a bad habit young fellas get might start with and you'd be coached out of you Brian or is this yeah that's usually what's happened you know, like, I, like, I think it's generally that you're from a young age you're being coached put your hand to the ball put your hand to the ball all the time um, be it short passing or, or, or long stick passing so you're always trying to get your players to catch the ball um, first and foremost so I think it's a, it's probably a habit that they have 
And uh, I, I think it's symptomatic of Gahurlan, as I said, because even when a ball is hit in front of them, you know, and they're attacking it out of pace, they always put, take the hurl to get a touch, but when there's times they can actually put their hand to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing I noticed, because I knew it wasn't sticking, and then I was noticing, why are these lads not catching it like a land? Just seems yeah. to have a huge, ha- maybe it's a huge hand. I have to brag, Stephen Bennett was taking off the freeze I called this last Monday, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, I yeah, caught it. Yeah. I caught <laughs> the blink on it. two weeks running now. I have to say, I called this last Monday. I don't think he'll last Monday. Nicole Clark is smiling then when he just took off the freeze. No, no, I'm a Waterford fan, so it gave me no pleasure. He missed three and he was taking take him off him for Porrick. Um, Mahoney like I mean we'll talk um, we'll, we'll analyse it in part two him, he actually nailed one at the very end of the game out in the sideline yeah. from 45 yards out yeah. but um, I, I think as we said this last week there's just sometimes I think he's been brilliant on him during the league obviously he missed a couple yesterday and these things happen I've been there myself um, but sometimes it just seems to sit better when someone's hitting the freeze and I think it sits better when Paul Mahoney's hitting them with the, with the overall feel for the team um, even I know yeah. that's, that's yeah. not an exact science but um it just it does seem more uh, you know less pressure on Park Matney when he's the one hitting them as opposed to I think there's internal pressure when um when Stephen Bennett's hitting them that, that can be the worst thing because I'd even question who decided this because do you remember the free Park Mahoney took and it was it was way too far out he shouldn't mm. have even and it dropped short Stephen Bennett was running out to take that was he? So Stephen right. Bennett didn't get the memo. Parag Manny went over to take Took it. it Stephen, Stephen Bennett ran to about the forty-five. Saw Parag Manny over and then ran back in. So I, I think I just reading into that maybe Parag Manny took him off the freeze and yeah. not Par, not uh, Fanning. Yeah, you maybe looked. He's, he's seen that he it was in his range. He thought he was going to score it as well. And, and sometimes you need your your players to stand up and make decisions on the field as well. You can't be manager making every single decision, you know. But yeah, it does affect him. Well, I think he he had a good league on him so far. But I agree. With Brian, I'd be a lot more comfortable, even not even a water supporter, but I'd be a lot more comfortable Parkman sending over free. Just maybe we're just seeing a routine of him scoring yeah. them regularly in Crow Park as well. Like you know what I mean? So maybe it'll take time before we have that comfort in watching Stephen doing it too. So maybe they might stick with him, but it's been an interesting um, decision to have to make now over the next couple of couple of weeks. Yeah, Stephen O'Keefe got an awful one. Sorry to go back go for on. a second. The problem is is when he does miss one or two, it's like I told you Parkman should have been. Yeah, yeah. he has you him know. hanging over him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's him. It's that internal pressure that's way worse, I think. Whereas, uh, you know, at least with Power Man, he does miss very few, but it, it's worse when it's, way, you know, when it's that way. It's almost a little bit unfair, too. Richie Power used to take them for Kilkenny, and then Henry come back, and Richie just knew he was off them there. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think people have a problem with that. Like, <laughs> no, I'm. No. Uh, he's a very good free He's a very good free player. our own club here in Coolary, because Damien Murray. Um, hit them for Offaly when he used to be standing with Offaly and then if he wasn't sometimes I, I was hitting them for Offaly and we come back to the club and I'd have no issue and we'd be just like no Damien you're hitting them like you're, you're, he's top class at them so right. I'd have no issue but um, speaking of a long range one then like in the county final one I just there was one from about 8 or 90 yards and I was like look him, I'll hit this one and he's like yeah no bother you know so we trust each other basically right um, and I think that's very important you know like we're, at the end of the day when when you try and leave egos aside and it's it's about what's best for the team I think it, it, you'll find your natural you know what what is best for the team and I'm not saying that just uh, that's not a hit at Stephen Bennett here or, or Park Matley for any way just for someone jumping down our throat to that one but you know overall that's what happened with Richie Power and, and Henry as well it's like look he's the best he's not he's not going to miss them on 
day in day out I mightn't be too bad at him but he's definitely better yeah no exactly but imagine poor Richie taking him with Henry on the field like I mean <laughs> he'll be gone completely but Stephen O'Keefe got an awful one in the, in the from close range and I remember he saved Nash's penalty yeah. he jogged on after that like I think he didn't uh, show any pain but he absolutely showed pain after Glanz one whatever way it caught him it brought me back to my GA jackass uh, days <laughs> with the Valley Hill the Valley Hill fellas he took a few of them will he do you ever take one in the ribs uh, yeah it yeah. must be a very oh, sore very sore because yeah. mine were 20 yards away but anything closer than that I'd be thinking Jesus yeah but all you can do is kind That's of arc, arc your back yeah. arch, your, arch your back and hopefully you know, the pain goes away there's nothing you can do about it you just have well, to you break a rib very easily don't know yeah well I haven't heard of too many breaking ribs really? from a hurling ball now to be honest with you you know what I mean it just stings just oh yeah, I remember the sting. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever throw your body? Have that and rattled. What? Really, Glenn should have rattled that. Like he should never, like he should never be hitting that ball high. Uh, he'd all the time in the world to either just place it along the ground, either on his left side or right side, side step to the right, and just tap it into the net. He tried to open the net out of it, and um, that's you know one criticism I'd have, and sometimes he can be. He can be not too cool in those situations, yeah, you know. Yeah. He, and maybe, he, and that's something that, like whether it's hurling or football or even soccer, you know, you just place it into the bottom corner or just roll it into the net, like and be calm. Yeah, but we've seen that. We, we to drive it. We've seen that though, Brian. And like I always bring it back to my own career again, playing full forward. I wouldn't have had that instinct. I was a wing back, wing forward. I would have had that instinct. Whereas if you played in the corner from under twelve up, you'd have been in that situation maybe a hundred times, and you know what to do. Galan's for he's only a second year in there. I'd say he's sti- maybe he doesn't have that kind of calmness in there. Maybe that the other forwards that are, if you're playing there since under twelve, imagine how many times you would have yeah, got that true. last ball. Yeah. You know, so maybe he's struggling. Yeah. Yes. I hadn't realised he it was only his second year in the corner that he was a wing forward all his career before that. So like, there's a big difference in those two positions, you know. Yeah, definitely. And look, it is something. I think going across sports, I think Gooch was one of the best people you ever yeah. seen. You know, he he just placed it down into the bottom corner. And I remember that actually from actually playing an under fourteen game or our coach here at home. Um, he was he was drilling it into it like a goal is a goal is a goal it's a green flag and it's worth three points you don't have to hit the top corner with it you know it's about getting it over the line and just sometimes it's just tap it into the bottom corner and it's very very simple yeah so, yeah it was I, I I actually do take a point it's something I'm probably very much at home doing um, as opposed to I suppose if you're more used to playing out the field like I wouldn't like to see JJ now in a, in a one-on-one <laughs> no no he could I be it could, could be a fresh air anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he sees the goals at the other end you of the field or <laughs> are you not at the stage now JJ in your career where you've moved up full forward you know no, when you're really with the club at the end where you're just ah, look look, stick him up there in bright you're, car. There now, Fred, you're not far away now <laughs> I'm not bad up in the forwards I won't even put me there you know that he's <laughs> a retired before <laughs> Go there. Back to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, most players players should never retire. All you end up is being full forward for your juniors, and you just filter off after that, and that's kind of the end. That's how you should retire. No GPS statements. A quick one, quick one before we move yeah, on. You've notions. You're trying to play intermediate. You see, that's what's wrong. Yeah, no, well, this, like the leash masters are starting training on Wednesday night here, lads. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. Been doing six k runs out in Stradbally Woods there for the last. Uh, <laughs> oh, <I did>. <laughs> 
So you won't get me or JJ there. <laughs> so Michael Fenley had a tweet last night. Now this is on the back of Tom Parsons not being allowed on onto the field in Croke Park. Now I spoke about this on the football show, and I think people are being very unfair on the steward. Tom Parsons is walking down. How is a random steward supposed to know him with a hat turned backwards and a bit of a beard on him? Like stewards are volunteers; they don't necessarily know every player. Like I was saying on the football show, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is running down to them saying, "I'm on the squad," or "I'm a cousin," or yeah. "I'm the brother." They they know like that's the same old stuff that goes on. He ended up getting on the field anyway, so I thought it was very harsh. All these pictures going and picture of the poor steward and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he might not just have known him, and he and he led him on eventually. But anyways. Uh, Michael Fenley um, went along with everybody else complaining about this and he says I'm not, a, I'm not surprised it's all rules I had no ticket to get into the players lounge for the club all Ireland and barely got in the bar closed so I just had food um, place was like a funeral home no, picks, no mixing between teams and had the cheek to charge 20 euros for extra players on our panel that's a new one on me extra players on the panel Brian being uh being charged to get yeah, in. Yeah, that's a bit, a bit disappointing. It's like twenty euros, seriously. Um, I, I agree with Michael. Now, I had only, unfortunately, had only one opportunity to be in the players' lounge after club I learned that was in two thousand and twelve. Um, can't blame the GA for this one, but it was a morgue as well. Like it was, it just seemed to be a rushed job. Get in, get out. It just seemed to be a box ticked. And the uh, same thing, I got no, no point after it. Um, don't even know what the real purpose of going in there. Like, are you are you told to go in? Are you told to go in there? Or are you just letting off traffic? Mm. Is that why they go in there? If no, it's so we were. You see, the football would have been still on at this stage, so we were. We would have went around underneath the underneath the the, the stadium, um, and and we were over in the Cusick side stand, and the players down over in the Hovind stand side. So we to go underneath the stadium and get over to it. But like, look, it's it's changed a lot. Was in the nineties, we used to they used the players lounge used to be up. Um, up near where the, the corporate boxes are and used to be a right session used to happen there between the, the two teams and it was a great bit of crack I remember that in the noughties and I don't know if you were you were any maybe that's why we won nothing with Offaly but <laughs> we some right sessions. No but I, I remember uh, myself up there in the in the Cusick stand and there was a that, there was a bit of crack up there like I mean but they see remember in the noughties as well Brian that was back when the, you would have a pint or two after the game and maybe it's a bit more sanitised down there now although after a club all Ireland you'd imagine yeah. yeah they'd be drinking so I was surprised to hear it was a morgue based like that, that that players lounge up in the Cusick stand was never like a mark from yeah. what I remember it win or lose you yeah. were on the booze up there I say it was just um, the two sets of teams and probably the way Thomas's kind of went down as well they were probably just wanted to get out there and go home I'd say or go to a different bar on their own you know they're coming in just kind of drown their sorrows but yeah. have you been in this players lounge <laughs> yeah, for been anyone in listening it is down under the Cusick stand and it's where the buses collect it's, no, it's, the Hogan stand. or the Hogan stand you go mm-hmm. straight out of the dressing room and you walk across where the buses are and the, it, the players' lounge is down there. Yeah. Because I'm usually standing outside of trying to grab lads going <laughs> in for interviews. <laughs> but that's where it is. So, like, I mean, you, you don't have to move far for us. So, I, from what I see from players going in, they'll come out of the dressing room, they're still in tracksuit. This mm. is after most... They'll go in there and they'll come back out. I'm not sure they even have a drink in there or do they mix together. Very doubtful. Yeah, we just kind of went in after the finals, really, more than anything. And then just, obviously, you went in and uh, you know, meet the, the family in, inside in the in the bar there as well have a few drinks and then kind of let the, the crowd off and then head off to your team hotel that's what it is but there was a bit of mixing in players but you can you can see why it can be a, a kind of a more one team is actually ecstatic the other team is absolutely yeah. devastated you know kind of way and then you don't want to over celebrate there as well because you don't want to be seen to be rubbing in their yeah. face you know kind of way so you can see that but the biggest disappointment I'd have now is charging 20 euros for an extra club official to come in like what difference does that make why would you charge someone 20 euros to get in 
and he said Michael was saying that the bar was closed at the time so what, what, what were they going to lose you know the kind of just that kind of small little things of that would kind of really guess the meaning really yeah. more than they could be very strict in Croke Park on their rules and stuff they used when I was a sideline reporter for News Talk they wouldn't let me cross the field like I was only in mm. runners they had to protect the field so I had to walk all the way down and back up <laughs> around and it used to really annoy me I'd be waving at everybody in the crowd but that's the, that's the thing and then one day um, I remember the game one of the games was over and one of the runners for Sky come sprinting out onto the field to grab the man of the match or whatever so I went over to the man who was I, I don't let these things lie I said here how was Sky able to run out into the field I'll be blaming Sky now Willie, for fucking you're bringing Sky into this again just so you can go on the well, field I, don't be blaming them. I wanted to drag Sky down with me I said here how outrageous this fella's able to run out on the field on his runners and I'm not able to but anyways yeah Crow Park are very strict on they're very strict on all the rules but anyways I would be I would be slow enough to criticise that poor Stuart alright we'll be back um, with some analysis of the match. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time, just give us a small bit of time, let's chill the beans, let's chill the beans, 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 let's chill the beans, let's chill the beans, 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 let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time, just give us a small bit of time, let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time, just give us a small bit of time, let's chill the beans. All right, lads, I want to start with the, the puckouts and Limerick's tactics for the puckouts. Now, this is nothing that I haven't seen before, but geez, uh, they make the pitch very small for opposition's puckouts. So they give up the full back line. If you want to go to the full back line, mm. we're allowing you have that. So their, ha- their full forward line will stand between the 21 and the 45. So they're splitting back there. So they're halfway between the full forward line and the half forward line. So if you want to go short, any of the, the full back line, they'll just light on you the minute Mm. you get it into your hand and then you're under pressure and you have to work it out through this big wall of Limerick players if you go to the midfield right their half forward line are halfway between the half back line and midfield they're turning around following it and they're looking to light on whoever in midfield catches it then your other option is to go to the to long to your half forward line and they've got three big monsters in their half <laughs> it's, I tell you I was just looking at the gesture and Stephen O'Keefe JJ his options now he tried once or twice at a full back line so you're not really getting much out of that like no. I mean because they're under pressure and they'll only do what Stephen Stephen O'Keefe has a free hit yeah. so he's in a better position than the poor corner back that you're going to be putting under pressure yeah. and I was just looking because the half forward line are such big men they put the hurls up in the air yeah. and I was just thinking, Jesus he's looking out here now and he, what like there's not much to, for see him to see. A, a sea of green is that's all you're yeah. going to see out there. You know, and they, I know you're understanding going short right now, and you can only go so far. But for say Waterford's half back in there yesterday, they were probably obviously going wide as possible, and Stephen keeps an option. But half Arling was dropping deep, so when Stephen did hit it long. The half-back line was 10 yards off their man straight away. They were off them, yeah. And so then, they weren't being marked. Yeah, and then the half-forward line goes back down the field. And by the time you get to the ball, you're after sprinting maybe 20 or 30 yards. You're tired. They're on the ball. They turn around and they're, they're opening up a load of space in their full-forward line. They have it down to a tee. Teams are just maybe the half-back line just have to ignore the puck out and go up with their man. But then again, 
you're going into the middle third there again add more bodies to it and you're leaving a lot of space in front of your full forward yeah. line again so it's a cash 22 it's, it's it something really that whoever is going to beat Limerick this year will have to address them Yeah we see clear going zonal a bit similar to that as well Brian and the great thing about this zonal thing is that your man doesn't want to mark you at puck out time because he, he's a defender but he's trying to get loose so if that puck out breaks down you're not none of these lads are being marked because they're all standing in zones and their markers are not marking them they're running around trying to look for quick puck outs we see this with the Dublin footballers a lot they go zonal too and if that breaks down it's a very very risky business because you're not marking your man yeah, it's very it's very hard to know what to do. I, from Limerick's perspective, obviously they have it down to a T. Trying to break it down, like maybe I'm maybe I'm old school, but you know I take them on head on basically, and it, it, I think it comes back down to your ability to win your own ball, especially in your half forward line, or at least try and break it. Yeah. Um. And and I think their midfielders actually don't present themselves looking for for ball. I think they actually have to be in on the breaks first and foremost. So that Limerick are not outnumbering them in the, in that situation. Um and even there are times where some you know the wing back might need to go as well. Um and, and just just take them on. I know you're you're flooding that area but but they're flooding that area anyway so you may as well try and try and um take them on 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 the front foot and and try and win win that ball high up the field yourselves. You know, obviously, you, you still try and ensure that your centre back stays sitting in the pocket. That you're still, um, you're still protecting your own backline. But the, the, I think the wing backs in midfield need to need to go up um, un, under the under the breaking ball and, and be on the front foot and, and not like I've seen it before. I played midfield, you know, one year myself, roughly, and you present yourself for a short puck out, and, and your your own midfielder doesn't follow you. Um, so you have, say, maybe you're gone ten yards or fifteen yards ahead of him balls poked over your head you're turning around you're at a 15 to 20 yard disadvantage uh, trying to make that breaking ball with your midfielder who's just let you off and he's just trotting around and, and he's there sweeping up the breaking ball so I think you should just go with him um, go man for man and, uh, and you know it's about the half forwards trying to break that ball or, or, or make sure that Limerick can't win it anyway for, for definite That's the thing Limerick halfbacks uh, they won or Waterford only won four of the nine puckouts Stephen O'Keefe went sent long so I think Brian has a point there right so instead of messing around always looking for the short one and dragging all your backs away f- out of position and your midfield running over to one wing and the other so then when you do go long to the half forward line you've no one under the break and Limerick mm-hmm. will win it why not have tell all your backs man mark your man dr- we're going to get it down the field as far as possible if we lose it off down there we're not. It's not a high risk, and all our backs have a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're 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 kind of negating Limerick's zonal kind of thing. Then maybe. Yeah. The only thing is, on the, on the flip side of that, then with the centre back, I wouldn't let yeah, the centre back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leave the centre back back. Well, that's Waterford did that. Tyg de Burke didn't mark yeah. Kyle Hayes. He let him yeah. on. Yeah. And you probably need yeah. someone coming out to mark him then as well. Like you know, and if he's coming into that zone, but. Um, it's not only pockets to do they do it in open play there as well and Austin Gleeson was doing a hand pass and right in between the 265s then Conor Prunty was coming onto it Kyle Hayes was the one tackling Conor Prunty and then it was Garrod Hegarty that picked up the ball broke out in the space and that's the, he pinged in the lovely ball into Aaron Galan. Galan, yeah. but that's the two of the half forwards in the middle of the field working hard stopping the fender coming out so there's not only do it in, in firm opposition pockets they actually do it in open play there as well and for a back to go man marking all of him it takes you're your sacrificing your own game you have to be 
really tuned in. I know I don't want to hit the ball there today. I don't have to hit the ball in today. But that's what the Dublin the couple of Dublin wing backs done against Limerick as well, which worked to a certain extent. I know obviously they didn't get the scores in the far end, but it negated that half hour and the three of them were took off against Dublin and um three of them kinda of ran right there there yesterday as well. Like yeah. you know, so maybe there's something in it do it you have to do a bit of both I'd say you know you can't sacrifice the whole thing and just um, you have to get on top of your opponent there as well as a half back you have to hit ball as well because if you don't hit ball it's not going nothing going into the full far line as well so you have to do it to a certain extent but you still have to play your own game as well and, yeah, no, and right, uh, you'll have to leave that up to individual players as well they're going to have to know when to go and know when to stop them as well like. they definitely pose a lot of problems for you so mm. Burka dropped off Kyle Hayes and he played as a sweeper but uh, on the other side as well Declan Hannan completely dropped off Kearney and he played as a sweeper so uh, I hate this analysis that only the Burko was a sweeper. Mm. But, they, but they, all centre backs are pretty much sweepers in the modern mm. game, outside of Declan Hannan, who man marks his man because they bring back a forward. Every other centre back is sweeping. Yeah, I like I mean, vitally important for anyone to, to pick up Declan Hannan. He's so good on the ball. He's so comfortable on the ball, and he hits a lovely ball, and he can actually go up the field yeah. and score as well. Any of the centre forward, I think they can't go deep. They have to sit in him, and maybe the other two half forwards can go deep, but. It's, I wouldn't let Declan Hannon free because he's just too good on the ball too good on the ball and like he gives in great ball Burns doesn't follow his man so I think they tried to stay free to give in good ball Dan Morrissey man marked um, Austin Gleeson he followed him mm. but it was a lo- very obvious um, Brian when the play would start developing suddenly you're looking down there and Declan Hannon's kind of free on the half back line and Dermot Burns is free on the half back line and it's like they, but Dan Morrissey has followed Gleeson all the way into midfield yeah, and probably a little bit, and that is why Limerick's maybe struggling a little bit against Dublin as well, because Dan Morrissey was the centre back and, and Declan Hannan was missing. So just a different dynamic there when um, you know you have a much uh, better hurler um, in terms of stick man in, in Declan Hannan as opposed to Dan Morrissey. Obviously, brings different strengths to it. Um, you know, so yeah, I think I think teams are are, are lining up. Pretty similar, I think. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a couple of teams maybe trying an out and out sweeper, but teams are pretty much mirroring each other. You know, midfield and half forward teams hurl out the field, clog up the middle third. But I think that's been your staple diet for for a, a long time now. I think that's up on ten years even or more. Um, you know, like you know, we, we keep referencing Kenny, but I think they were up there one of the first to do it. Obviously, Owen Larkin and. And and um, whoever used to be the other half hour, be it Martin Comfort or whoever, like dropping back deep down the field, and then providing that space or providing that support to the to the to the defence. And you know, how many times do we see Garrod Hegarty and Tom Morrissey and Kyle Hayes, the three of them, dropping back, winning that ball? They're playing it around the middle third, and the minute they get someone free, they're just playing fantastic ball inside. So they're they're you know, it's not a sweeper. It is. You can say it's defensive, uh, but uh, I suppose it's 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 a mixture of everything, isn't it? Is is there is there any point in playing a sweeper against Limerick with the the quality of ball we see in there? Because the Barco was just at sea; he didn't know whether he was coming or going. And we saw Dublin get a bit of joy at the start, but they played seven hmm. uh, defenders back there. We maybe cut down a bit of space, and Nolan Park isn't as big as Croke Park. In Croke Park, to me, it looked like the Barco. You'd be an awful lot better off, maybe. Uh, Marking Kyle Hayes yeah. and not letting because the thing about Limerick is if they have an extra man out around there, it all there's about four hand passes or short stick passes and it ends with the man that's free. Yeah. The minute the man's free, he's looking up and it's yeah. going diagonal. So you, you while you might be an extra man sweeper, you can be sure your man's going to get it, and your man's going to stick it to the side you don't think yeah. it's coming on. I say if I wouldn't play a sweeper because sweeper always plays down the middle, right in front of the full back line. If you were going to go down that road, you're probably best off putting him in one corner. 
so cutting off space. So right. you would have Aaron Don't Galan. let them run across the Exactly. What they're doing is running across the lines and they're getting ball into open space. So the mind in front of the full forward line, you're going to have to leave that space open. Get your centre back, wherever it is, to sit in one of the corners. So if they hit the ball into your corner, I have it. If it goes into the other corner, then it's a 50-50 ball as well. That's yeah. the only way yeah. you can see That's around That's a good it, idea, Brian, That's isn't point. it? Good, I actually seen Limerick do that themselves a few years ago against Clare and Turles. Um, Seamus Hickey was the, the spare man and um, cause they, were, they were doing it right in front of me and Claire was Davey was over the time and, and um, uh, Shane O'Donnell was a, almost a one man full forward line um, so the, the, the tracked one of the runners or one of the players went out the field and Seamus Hickey then just sat in one corner hmm. So, two or four because the natural yeah, thing is for him to stand in front yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. They judge, he judged it based on the play obviously where, where, where he you know, he moved from one side of the field to the other. It wasn't just constantly sitting in one. Um, but it did definitely, and Claire got no joy whatsoever. They, they swept everything off that day. It was, it was actually really, uh, really good uh, use of the, the sweeper, the spare man. So that's actually a brilliant point. By the way, just to bust one myth, Willie, we did talk about this before. Distance and uh, the size of the field in Crow Park and the size of the field in Nolan Park. Not huge variation. Crow Park isn't this big, huge, open, expansive field that it's, it's been led to, to be when we actually look at the the um, the numbers. Yeah, it looks it though, doesn't it? Like it I mean, does. I know, it I know, it and it, it feels it. It I feels know it's yeah. perspective. Um, yeah, it does. perspective, but. It, you know the numbers have shown that it's not actually much bigger than a lot of crowns yeah no no and uh, fair enough I remember you sending me that like I mean but I don't know it just seemed like there was so much room there yesterday yeah. um, For but this is the thing about the sweeper and that's a great point JJ I didn't even think about that because like I mean I'm always thinking of football and the tactics and sometimes they're crossover but obviously with hurling I, I always amazed me how these sweepers ever worked in hurling hmm. because in Gaelic football diagonal passes can beat them and in hurling the ball travels way further so yeah. I'm thinking in my head how the hell can a sweeper actually get to a good ball he can't is the answer to that oh. he just simply cannot so like I mean with good sweepers a sweeper's only any good in hurling if it because goes the middle if it goes a long mm. ball where what, the ball has so much hang time that the sweeper can actually run towards where it's going to land yeah. and be there for the break yeah. if it's fast diagonal ball a hurling it sweeper head, like. has no chance yeah. you know so like I mean I, it always amazed me why they got so much joy and maybe because hurling's been moving from the kind of over the shoulder clearances to mm. more you know controlled passing yeah. that sweepers initially got joy and now they're getting a lot less joy yeah because they're, again probably previously last 7 or 8 years they were hitting from the half back line but now they're actually hitting 20 hour passes up to the half hour line deep line half hour line or hitting it to the midfield and then when they're at to 65 then you can give the crossfield ball because that sweeper is null and void then because yeah. they're hitting space all the time. Because these guys are, are, are tuned in to hit space as much as possible because Aaron Glenn probably is the main man in there but he's always in the centre there on his own if if Flanagan now and Graham McCarthy is going out the field. So he has two corners to, to run into, you know what I mean? So they're hitting space and Aaron Glenn is just cute enough now to, to run into either left or right there as well. So so one way you could counteract it already to be fair. Yeah, definitely. So like, I mean, Keane Lynch is so central to the role of getting the ball to the best man and I thought there was a big difference between Limerick yesterday and Waterford the Limerick always are trying to find that spare man Waterford Mm. there could be a lad free in the midfield and he's bypassed and he's hit in it's like Limerick never do that they'll always there's nobody giving a ball in if they're under pressure yeah. they're, they're giving the ball to another man and then he Keane Lynch just the way he's able to distribute the ball and all Brilliant. of a sudden after a hand pass from Keane Lynch 
somebody's free yeah, you yeah. know what I mean and then when he has all the time in the world that's when it's delivered yeah. it, it, they're just it's almost like how can they do it and the, the skill level required JJ to, yeah. play, to play that game they're giving short stick passes to men with men right behind them Keane Lynch has um, any opposition manager is targeting Keane Lynch you have to stop him more than stop him hurling. That goes in the psyche of every player then as well. So if you're midfield, Keenish gets a ball. If you're half Ireland, you have to go to him. But he's cute enough to wait till the, the, the opposition come at him and pass it off then as well. But what I like about Limerick is that they can go backwards, they can go straight across the field, and they'll hit two or three passes straight across the field. Whereas everyone else is say, geez, no, get it in as quickly as possible. But if they're bunching up one side of the field, whereas the open side of the field, all it's based on the other side of the field. So they'll go literally two or three passes and go out the far side of the field and then there's open space out there as well yeah. they always find the man in the always, best position always find the man in the best position with the ball it's absolutely here was Tom Condon hard done by Brian yes yeah. yes and no um, yeah it's, it's, it's a no it's a, it's a hard one to call to be honest I you didn't know, think he was getting clean to be taken off at half time now maybe he wants to get Mike Casey into the yeah, game see, again yeah, see, there could be more. To, again, there's 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 more to it. You know, or there could be more to it. Sorry, you just don't know. Was it was it a case of getting Mike onto the field, or or what, were they seeing something that we're not seeing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Might have been following instructions or following the game plan the way you know we we thought he should have been, or or whatever. You know, so it, it's a hard one to call. I think you know. I think we're also, by the way, we're and I'm rightly so on yesterday's performance. We're eulogising about um, Galan. And, and his movement um, inside but he's not alone I think Graham Mulcahy, um in yesterday's game not in every game but yesterday's game he was coming out and try, almost about 30-40 metres out and leaving a lot of space inside for, for Peter Casey and Galan yeah. and Galan just happened to be the one uh, getting a lot of joy out of his movement yesterday and the thing about Limerick is they'll keep us everyone guessing because Galan might come to the half hour line or, or you know that 30-40 metre space the next time and they'll, they'll utilise someone else like Seamus Flanagan Casey Glenn Mulcahy inside so it's it, it's really clever tactic and they've you know they've four options now for three inside um, you know really viable starters and they obviously have, have class players to come on then as well they've finished jobs off from like the world last year like Barry Murphy and Pat Ryan and these guys um, Shane Dowling maybe out the field a bit sort of their, their system is brilliant and I think it's um, I think Jed is right it's their ability to delay out the field and, and, and use that ball and keep going until they get the man in the best position and to deliver fast long diagonal ball and you know it really is marrying the two systems you know that use of short ball you know holding on to possession uh, you know possession type hurling and the ability in fast quick ball inside and obviously uh, you know they're able to catch the ball as well. That, that's crucial. You know, you did mention it earlier, Willie, that they're not, you know, they're not taking that extra touch, which allows the, the back the opportunity to get in and, and nail them essentially. So, you know, it's, it's a joy to behold. Yeah, no, it definitely is. So, John Kiley said afterwards, I think we're a stronger panel now. He's he's used thirty three players. Um, during the panel so he'll be absolutely delighted like Seamus Flanagan Shane Dowling coming off the bench mm. they're making any other team in the country ah, Flanagan will start come Flan- oh well he will yeah, yeah. but although sure. in fairness Peter Casey like he, Peter Casey amazes me he's not fast he's not strong he's not big 
he got some oh, point in the first half. But he's incredibly skillful. Like it's all yeah. about skill, really, isn't yeah. it? Like I mean, when he's got that those wrists, he yeah. just needs to get the ball in his hand. That's all, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. He's a real u- unique type of looking player, and he, is, he yeah. looks like more of like a, like a club very, player. Very, very effective, though. Fair oh, he is. Yeah, he's very, very yeah. effective. He's top notch. But this is what Kylie says. I think we're stronger mentally than where we were twelve months ago. There, there's that bit of confidence there. They have a lot of reference points, and that's the difference between Limerick uh, this year and last year. Is now they're playing with that arrogance yeah. as in. We, de- we deserve to be here I think when they're playing teams this year th- this time last year there might have been only a point or two in that mm. game you know what I mean yeah, that, that yeah. confidence now is is they, let's be honest they were head and shoulders above Waterford yesterday yeah. they're after beating every team probably in, in, in the country over the last year so why should they not be confident you know what yeah. I mean? there was a lot of baggage on them they were almost a mayo of hurling yeah. you know in, a, in yeah. some ways weren't they uh, it's a big release of them. It, them, them young guys are used to they're after winning minor and Fitzgibbons and all that kind of stuff as well they're used to winning too all these young lads and they're playing with no fear which is a huge huge thing and it's a scary scary prospect for anyone that's going to go up against it now and come to the Munster Championship and all other championships it's going to be um, it's going to be a big big battle now trying to stop them stop this momentum they have huge momentum at the moment they yeah. huge momentum they ha- they're still second favourites for the All-Ireland amazingly like I mean Galway are ahead of them and poor Joe Canning is be- it looks like he's out for four months so I have no idea how Galway are ahead of them yeah. in the betting like I mean you'd imagine Limerick should be favourites there what do you make of Waterford like I mean geez, I was very unimpressed with them uh, yesterday no change out of the full forward line nothing at all their half forward line was ineffective Austin Gleeson on the evidence of yesterday is not play, is not a wing forward the only time he came into the game in any ways when he went in centre he actually went Gleeson started wing forward then changed with Shane Bennett and went into the corner full then he went out centre and then he went back to the wing sure they didn't know whether he was coming or going like I mean the point the sideline and the point from play he got was when he was at now the sideline's irrelevant but the point from play he got was when he was on Declan Hannon now the message I hear is that uh, Austin Gleeson's told to have a free role you only have a free roll really from centre forward on Declan Hannon. It mm-hmm. would make no sense for him to play wing forward. Dan Morrissey's going to mark you. Sure, where's your free roll then? Like, yeah. Do you know? Like, I mean, it looked confused to me. And like, your man's little fella in the corner is not the answer. Peter Hogan, he's a little bit too small. He doesn't have much about him. And the Bennett's couldn't hold on to the ball. Like, I mean, outside of Kevin Moran, who unbelievably ran from the left half back position over to the right corner forward position for a sideline yeah, ball yeah. to take it on himself to get yeah. a score. Do you know? Like, I mean, they looked all over the place. Water for JJ. Yeah. Well, look, all in all, I know we're judging off one game, but all in God, they'd be happy enough with their league campaign. To be fair, like you know, um, few. Lo- lads come back Conor Gleeson these guys come back there as well and there won't be Gleeson the Fives brothers Kieran Bennett they're, that's that's five, that's five four of the starting backs in mm. the all final so yeah. like I mean at the back they can improve yeah. but because they shipped 124 yeah you know yeah. but up front they up had front. opportunity of goals themselves you know and you take Stephen Bennett's opportunity in the first half would have kept them in it but they are the terrible terrible start you can't afford to give the likes of uh, Limerick their six point lead after 10 minutes because you know in the last 10 minutes they're going to unleash the bench and they're going to have a stronger stronger finish there as well so if you've had any chance against Limerick now you're going to have to be ahead of half time and head coming into the, the finishing quarter but no, I'd say Park Fanning looking at it be disappointed over yesterday 100% he'd be disappointed and it was an opportunity to win in Crow Park as well which would be a huge thing for that Watford team but I'd say he'd be happy enough now that to get the league final get, gather that experience and he has that obviously that the 
game they played yesterday Burton great he has that stick to beat him over the next six weeks before the Munster Championship as well yeah I, I don't know what do you what do you think of order for um, Brian like even their bench right so you have Jack Prendergast coming on at half time then you have Thomas Ryan Patrick Curran and Stephen Roach three real small little fellas coming on to try and turn a game against a team like Limerick it's just I don't know like I mean I, I was very I, obviously massively impressed with Limerick but equally um, Waterford were well below Limerick's level only on the evidence of yesterday Yeah I think you hit the nail on the head with that very last statement it's only on the evidence yesterday um, I think Waterford overall have had a good league there's still that transitional phase from working with Derek McGrath into Paul Fanning and, and the way that they're hurling so they're still figuring out things they still have players to come back so they don't really know what their, their best 15 is at the moment Um you know, and what's the role for Brick Walsh as well? Like that, he he's been a key player for them over the last couple of years, and he's played absolutely everywhere. So, um, can he can he still offer seventy minutes? That's that's another statement even because, you know, obviously the years are pushing on from. He's been a huge servant, and it, it's what to get out. It's the same for Kevin Moore. Like where where do you play him? So, they're both players where you nearly need both of them, and you, you need them everywhere almost. Um, I think. It comes down to yesterday went into a battle. It was a final. It wasn't very much open hurling, and they had uh, they struggled with winning their own ball essentially, um, particularly up front. And I think you know if you do want to win something, that's what that for me would be one of the, the main things they need to address. I think they're savage hurlers. Um, you're dead right. There's lots of pace. Uh, you know they brought on. We were we were praising them. You know, uh, in terms of the Galway game where they brought on pace, small nippy forwards. You know, they didn't they didn't revert to Brick or, or Morris Shannon. They brought on small nippy forwards and they ran at Galway and they got they got scores. So they got it right that day. So I, I still think they need to to get what is probably their best fifteen and, and nail down what is the next best in terms of coming in and what they can offer. But I keep saying it, it, it to me, it's it's about their ability to win the raw ball essentially because. You will not cut it with the big guys if you, if you can't do that. Yeah, no, exactly. I think they only got seven points from play in the whole game. So, like, I mean, to do, they've definitely work to do both at the back and the front. Right, up next, we will uh, do Paddy Power performance of the weekend. <laughs> tough. It, 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 it's bone tell you, there's no point in uh, paper and over like that. It, it, it is extremely tough. I won't tell you, but again, it's not about me or Morris or anyone else. It's about Waterford. We waited so long. I know I've seen it. One of your tweets yesterday said six years. It's absolutely <laughs> leash, man, but it's a long six years for us there, and um, we're absolutely thrilled. Like. I remember after the final, I was, uh, I was Tuesday morning, my nephew was out in the lawn, and he was taking freeze with his socks pulled up, pretending to be TJ Reid, and uh, <laughs> fairly brought me back down to Earth that day anyway. Paddy Power performance the weekend and we've only one nomination here so I'm not going to beat around the bush Aaron Galan <laughs> wins uh, Paddy Power That's performance That's he talked to last week Willie, wasn't it? performance of the weekend <laughs> lads I was amazed at how big he was when I interviewed him last Thursday he's huge I was saying it to Cheddar I was taken aback by how big he was his legs are huge like I mean I don't know if he looks as big as that on a field or maybe in Crow Park you're looking down on him mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell sizes but he's definitely an absolute handful of a man his hands that are huge 
that ball is sticking to that yeah, hand yeah. which is a huge huge thing he scored 1-9 and left 8 wides yes. and a goal and a goal missed yeah now, like I mean, like, you're you're talking about two seventeen being on there now. Can the rider rider over stuff there? Aren't you? Seriously, th- this is almost like Brian Carroll against Bally Bowden levels here. Didn't <laughs> <16. laughs> get sent off though. <laughs> <laughs> but th- 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 this is the thing, and from from looking at him and from watching yesterday and it's the movement right so this movement he he spoke to me uh, last Thursday and he talked a little bit about learning from Graham Mulcahy learning from Peter Casey about movement because like we said he's only new in the corner and all this stuff he's figuring out but and this in contrast to the two Bennets who are constantly running in straight lines out towards the ball so it took me a long time figuring out when I'm playing football that there's two different types of runs obviously and there's a great value in a man running out to the ball mm. because he's going to bring a lad out of the way with him but the two he leaves in behind are, can't be running at the ball as well or they're all making the same run yeah. so the obvious thing is for the lads in behind to be running away from the ball right so it might sound a little bit confusing that you're running away from the ball but when you do that the ball that beats your man is a diagonal ball and like it's no secret like diagonal balls have been in Gaelic football now for about 10 years since sweepers came in and now they're into hurling and Limerick are absolutely brilliant at it and when you look at Galan whoa 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 whoa, whoa no go away now I mean, not just coming into hurling I mean okay. uh, look you get very defensive <laughs> you get very defensive about this kind of stuff right so I'm, I'm used There's to one this. thing we were good at in offering that was playing diagonal ball though. well maybe like. but maybe they're different type of diagonal balls like I don't, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen consistent diagonal balls like Limerick play for example mm-hmm. is that fair to say like maybe shorter diagonal balls you know maybe not maybe not longer I think, ones I think, it's, I think it actually comes down to the, the man who's actually receiving the ball because as opposed to a ball being switched from 10 to 15 for instance or, or, or that side of the field you know from the right hand side over usually it was number 15 was there under the diagonal ball yeah um, either be it low or high whereas it's actually 13 or 14 that's getting across to the ball so it, it is coming back down to your initial point that it is the, it's the runner it's the type of runs has changed that's it um, yeah so it, 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 I think the diagonal ball has always been there it's just who's actually receiving it and those see, so when you move Graham Mulcahy out of there mm. maybe like you know I would have getting out of there and leaving yeah. two in behind there's loads of space mm. right so when the two of them are left in there like one is running one way and one is running the other way and it's usually the fella who's not it doesn't look like it's his ball usually yeah. you know usually if you're right half back you're giving it down that line mm. and you know JJ from playing the full back line that's the one you'll read yeah, and you'll yeah. try and take a step out in front of yeah. your man for that right but you're not really reading if he heads off the other side of the field and if you see him going off you're kind of like oh well I'm out of danger right. here you yeah. know and that's why they're getting joy because they're doing things that the defenders aren't expecting yeah. them to do it's not traditionally 13, 14, 15 anymore like 14 no. could be gone out, out half far and then 13 or 15 are a lot closer together because it's leaving them pockets of space and like a lot of teams are trying to leave that pocket of space and get the ball into them space because they know it's not going to be a 50-50 it's a forwards ball then like you know we should be they should be out in front because they should have be reading this because they know they're doing and training for the last six or eight weeks they should know where to make that run and I say nine times a ten Limerick lads are not even looking up they're putting the ball in position they should be doing and Aaron Galan or Graham McCarty are making them runs into them positions as well like you know yeah. so it's finely tuned but that, that's the I thing I think JJ has a great point there Willie and the, 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 the two or three players are all clumping in around the 21 in around the goal in around the, the you know the penalty box and so that way then all three have options as opposed to being stuck in your corner yeah. Yeah. and you've only one option really almost two maybe at, at most you know down the line run straight line running is what you're talking about and it's it's not much use 
uh, as in it can be easily negated and a sweeper can cut those balls out really really simple whereas when the three of them are in there together they can dart left right mm. or, or someone can drift out the field and pull one of the defenders out with them and creating that two on two inside yeah. and it's brilliant and it's amazing because I, I know for the, you know, for the last few years if you're playing in there next minute you'd hear some some that roaring in from the side or hopefully not your manager but get out to your corner stay yeah, out there yeah. you know you're taking more spaces all your don't yeah, yeah one, once one of your players then you'd go back out and go on you'd be like one Seriously, like, mm. but, but um, yeah, but this is the thing. But if you get a good diagonal ball, right, and you run away from the ball immediately, then Noel Connors is on the back foot because mm. then you can't predict the one down the line yeah. because you're afraid now. You have manners on him now, so then if you do make the obvious run down the line, he's a mile behind you because yeah. he's he doesn't can't want gamble to, on it. He can't gamble no. on it. So like this is why you look at Aaron Galan and even the obvious balls down the wing he's out in front way out in front yeah. and then you look up the other end and you see the two Bennett's and one of the Limerick defenders is right up behind them getting a hurl in now why is that like is Noel Connor is one of the tightest defenders yeah. in the game the other two lads are tight as well but Galan is just way out because Galan has him behind he has him in front and he has him to the side because he Connors knows that this ball could literally come could in anywhere that's, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the difference isn't it yeah it's a huge difference especially like if you were a corner forward standing right beside you and then the ball is at number 5 and you're 13 the ball is going straight down and you, you could you even have go to, before him sometimes yeah, yeah. even if the forward's out in front he's attacked the ball straight so if he mistouches it goes back it goes back towards your half back line again again holding is, is swallowed up there again but if you start in around even where the 14 the corner of the 14 you've got all that space in around there to even if the ball does come down the line you can make that run over there and once the big thing is once the ball is coming into a forward once it bounces before it, you're fine because the ball is slowing down there as well and the forward is out in front and getting it but then when you're man to man inside in the corner ball is absolutely pelted 100 mile an hour down it, and the corner forward expected corner backs up and he's back get the touch in it never happens you know that kind yeah. of it's an ideal situation it never, and, never happened for a back and as well Jed those balls straight down the line when you're either taking a gamble going out in front or, or when you're even side by side like, it's like hunting cattle you can just keep it going in a straight line and yeah. like, you just need to get a touch on it like um, you know that yourself if you just get a touch in the ball and get it back out 30-40 yards and yeah. your half back lines are treated you're getting it back out where there's bodies so those sort of situations are, are a lot easier to defend than that diagonal ball that, that Woolies talk yeah. so even if Conor Farrell does get it he's on the sideline before yeah, he's, he's going to he, take a shot yeah, yeah. You, you, you're, you're pushing him out towards the goal yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're taking your own space like it's not a dangerous ball yeah. your goal side of him the ball's down the line he can't score from there if you're good there. enough to score from there you work away yeah. that's all you would be saying to him you know? that's the thing but like it was even the last ball down to Barry Murphy I think it was Brian and that was an obvious ball now that you, that's one you could read but Waterford has been so dizzy all day of uh, I'm not chancing out in front of him because he actually came from behind out around and there was three Waterford defenders there that wasn't one of these brilliant diagonal balls but I think the Waterford defenders had gotten so confused at that stage just the, a, a simple ball was, be, was yeah. catching them out because they, they were the manners had been put on them to the extent that they just couldn't read what was happening yeah, I think at that stage as well, though, the game, you know, a maybe, maybe, conclusion yeah. as well. And, you know, I suppose you, you couldn't read too much into that one. But, no, you're, you're right. I think, look, there's a lot of things are playing. We've said it a good few times. The quality of the ball coming in is, is, is brilliant. And that all stems from their use of short passing on the, on the half-back line in midfield. And then, obviously, that, that movement inside, be it two or three players inside, it it just is it it's class and it's sticking. That's I suppose that's the other side of it. Yeah. It's sticking, actually, because you know we we raised this point as well. It's not sticking for the Waterford players when they were getting these opportunities, um, but it's definitely sticking for the Limerick players at the moment. And it's something that I think all teams have been trying to do, 
Um, it just Limerick just seem to be doing it, um, you know, really, really well at the moment. You know, like I think Tip try her that, that kind of way as well, and so do Cork trying to get the ball into Patrick Hogan. So I think I think fair most teams try to hurl that way, but it just. I think Limerick have the X factor at the moment and it just looks to be on a different level at the moment yeah it definitely does like I think maybe Aaron Galan might have played the Flanagan role a bit more yesterday he's not usually on that much ball it's usually Flanagan making those kind of non-stop runs and mm. making himself available yeah. um, two bits lovely bits of skill here we'll finish up on did Seamus Flanagan tap that back with his hurler his hand back to Keane Lynch who kind of kicked it along the ground back to Dowling who scored a very unorthodox point then didn't he from the wrong side yeah I, seen, I don't know if he hit with his hand or the hurling he but did it so seen, fast I couldn't quite yeah, make out what he did I seen Keane flicking back there, straight into his hand and Shane hits off the, he's more fair side in the left and took it inside the defender and he struck it perfectly now it's a great score right now but no, I don't, I'm not sure that he hit with the hurler or the hand I'm not sure not to be honest right okay the other one was one I'd love to see more of is Peter Casey I'm going to say he did a dummy solo and pull some more football into it here Brian to really piss, really piss you off so he was, under, he was he was under Hill 16 and he feigned to cross it across just put it across into the square and he just took the touch and the hurl and brought it back in the field I think he got a score off it or maybe not I'm not sure it was more he got a free he got a free from it right that was it but yeah. that is that always on like you know what I mean that kind of I well I call it a dummy solo I don't think there's actually any, a term for it in hurling is there yeah, I don't know. No, I suppose you're just dummy dumb, I suppose. Yeah. Dummy. Um, dumb, just a dummy. You're feigning, you're feigning <laughs> like, dummy dummy. Um, yeah, you're feigning the strike, I suppose, and you pull it back in the Yeah. It's nice yeah, when it comes off, but isn't it? Because a lot of, a lot of backs comes off, rush in. Yeah, rush in. Uh, the only thing is that you can bring yourself into trouble, as you know. You can lose um, a couple of fingers doing something like that, can't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> defender doesn't buy it, you're wrapped up and you're taking your two catches then. Yeah. That's when you really get into trouble. So it's great when it works off. It's, it is high risk. Um, and there's times it works sometimes it doesn't but it, it, it kind of only half worked out yesterday as well because he didn't get his pass off to where he wanted and, and he ended up brought back for free interesting actually from that one it seemed like someone was giving out to him I don't know someone across the field because the camera stayed on Peter Casey and he was trying to feed back his point that there was no one available from the pass that ball too so actually I thought that was gas because the um, they're so determined there to try and you know I suppose make the most of every single play that uh, he was getting a bit of grief for not passing the first time <laughs> Right I'm, I'm just thinking here because you could actually just pretend to do it and tip it back over your man's head and really showboat but now it's just after cu- coming into my head from your reaction JJ that would be a very dangerous thing on a hurling field in a club match you could have 15 <laughs> oh, lads with hurls going to g- <laughs> you could pay the, the ball price might do it one yeah the ball might go <laughs> the ball might go over your head but I don't think you'd be able to get over the other side will you to play that with no hickey or something like that now you get the hurling between the eyes it's a, yeah that's why we don't see enough showboating because there's actual <laughs> weapons on the field right <laughs> alright lads we'll leave it there so Aaron Galan is performance of the weekend I'm going to let the two of you back to your clubs Brian you had a club match on at the weekend but you had to serve out a suspension three of you so like I mean I'll let you back to your club you've served your suspension so you're back now to play away I'm for the month of April now next <laughs> you're back in again next Saturday two of your, your Back fair. next Saturday, yeah, two weeks, and then we'll shut down the shop then for three months or whatever it is. So right. What about you, JJ? We're actually used to that system and awfully, but usually we've a couple of weeks in between the game. But um, in their wisdom, they're playing one game and within seven or eight days, so right. or two games within seven or eight days, and, and, and then that's it. Shut and then, down. Not, then nothing for a long time. Uh, we've won this weekend and the twentieth of April, and one 
the 20th of May there as well oh, we're getting right, three okay. games right very mm. good that's not a bad split yeah because you think the Kenny the other way they have a break in the Leinster Championship anyway and then they have the week all after the way the draw was that's their spare week again after that so, oh at the end of yeah, the four is it the, on the Tuesday or Wednesday after the Carlo match they're playing club games and then they have the, the two weeks up to the next game so right. to go and play a club game of that. Okay, two and a half one of May. Yeah, best of luck with the new full forward position, JJ. That we we're after giving you as well, right? <laughs> 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 going away all the time. Going back corner back. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll be back with more hurling. We'll do some anyways during the month of April, and we'll be back for the championship as well. Right, good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on there. We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.